Now, we look at nursing care for clients who have respiratory disorders. We look at our acute respiratory disorders under here. Now, under here, the airway, like uh, I, 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 I talked about in the previous audio or in our previous podcast, I look at those structures that permit the airway to uh, enter and provide that, that, those structures that permit air to enter the airway and provide adequate oxygenation. I look at those structure. I look at those tissues perfusion when it comes to airway exchanges. I also went on. I look at um, some other common and acute, chronic, acute and chronic conditions of our airway. But uh, basically, we we'll look at those conditions today as we go along. We we'll look at uh, like rhinitis and other conditions like pneumonia and other things. We we'll look at influenza. We we'll look at sinusitis. Those are things we we'll look at under here. Now, these are acute respiratory disorders that will need acute and prompt management by the nursing team or by the entire clinical staff, including the, 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 the healthcare provider, including the, uh, including the nurses, including the uh, nurse practitioners, including uh, the CNAs, and everyone that work on the team as a clinical personnel. Now, we're going to start with... Uh, we're going to start with... with we look at pneumonia. Now, in pneumonia, pneumonia is just um, an inflammatory process in which the lungs, the lungs are, uh, is having excess fluid. Now, in pneumonia, the lungs has extra fluid. Now, when all fluid accumulates in the lungs, which is abnormal, that becomes pneumonia. Pneumonia is occurring in, the, uh, in our lung. Now, this process can be primary. <coughs> Or it could be a complication of another condition. So it could be pneumonia could be primary, meaning um, fluid accumulated by itself or, or by itself, and then it became pneumonia that became primary. Or it could be a complication for another condition, like take for example a client who is on ventilator or a client who has other or other medical condition. Now, because this condition is not treated well, or the requisite mechanisms are not put into place for the client to prevent pneumonia and the client came down with pneumonia that becomes second or uh, pneumonia due to complication of other conditions um it could also be the client is having pneumonia due to other other like uh, due to what the client is using as a treatment like the client is on mechanical ventilator the client is on, on mechanical ventilators where the client is not being turned on time every two hours the client is not being turned so the client will accumulate fluid in the lung and that fluid in the lung will accumulate more, it will reach it, uh, it will really allow to be pneumonia, then it will cause pneumonia condition. These are things that are going to happen along the way. Now, um, in this case, pneumonia can affect wide range of individuals, older adult children, clients who, matter of fact, clients of all ages, clients who have immunocompromised conditions are clients that pneumonia can affect. Um, we have, there are two kinds of pneumonia, basically, we have the healthcare we have the healthcare or uh, the healthcare pneumonia, which is the HAP, and we have the community acquired pneumonia in short. Now it takes usually 24 to 48 hours from the time the client is exposed to the HAP to the time the client will get the condition itself or the client will start to have the, the sign and symptom of the condition. It takes up to 48 hours, minimum 24, maximum for the, for the eight hours for the client that's showing these symptoms. Now, other other can 
Other adults are more susceptible to these infections compared to younger ones because when you are getting older, your lungs lobes, your lungs are uh, parenchyma cells, your lungs are uh, uh, your lungs um your lungs alveolar becomes they are getting like weaker. They are not elastic like before that they can be able, like expel fluid that will accumulate in the lungs like due or like moisturization. So in that case, we are quick to accumulate fluid in our lungs as we get older, making us very much susceptible to creating or to, uh, to contracting pneumonia diseases. Um, that's what happened in this case. Now, there are so many risk factors, but I'm going to look at pneumonia in specific. This was just an overview of the entire pneumonia. We'll look at it just a short while from uh, short time from now. But let's look at rhinitis in short. Rhinitis is what we'll look at first today. Rhinitis. Now, rhinitis is also an infection. Um, it is an inflammation of uh, the nasal mucosa and the mucosa in the sinuses that can be caused by infection. Now, rhinitis could either be caused by bacteria or viruses, or they could be caused by allergens. So they could be caused by virus or viruses, bacteria, or it could be caused by what? Allergens. So you, 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 such as like pollens. Pollens grain can cause rhinitis, and other thing that you are not supposed to be inhaling. So when you inhale it, our body react, that reaction can cause rhinitis, or it could be bacterial infection <coughs> or viral infection can cause this rhinitis. Now, in rhinitis condition, um, we'll talk about also like a, a, uh, uh, like like we call it the common cold, the uh, the causa, the common cold, right? Now, in this case, in this case, um, the person who have this condition might get it by through a virus that was spread from direct contact with another person or through droplet means you got the condition now when this happened you cough it out you sneeze it out or through other direct contact you sort of was spread so it is spread through direct contact from person to person or it is spread through droplet from sneezing or coughing now we have to be under we have to understand how these conditions are spread or they are droplet uh, precaution conditions, or they are contact precaution, or they are airborne. Those are things we want to know as we go along in this, uh, in this of, of for these conditions. Now, another thing also here is um, this disorder often coexists with other con condition. Like when a client has asthma, asthma can coexist with rhinitis. So a client who, have, who has asthma, they are not far from having rhinitis. So it coexists with, with, with asthma. This condition also coexists with other allergic reactions that the client might have. Or that the client is having some seasonal or perineal reactions from allergens. In that case, the condition coexists with it and the client might have rhinitis with other conditions. Um, like in the case of uh, any allergens, that will cause histamine to be released and other migrated from the WBCs in the nasal mucosa can irritate or can, can exacerbate rhinitis condition. Now that's what I said. We have to understand the interaction between our 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 histamine reaction in our lungs or in our airways to understand these things. 
because when you when you inhale something that you're not supposed to inhale like allergens in that case that can stimulate the reaction of our body to wbc now when our body reacts our body reaction can cause cells to come up muscles to come out to into out of the histamines and they will produce those uh those chemicals it is those chemicals that will lead to us having this condition like in the case of rhinitis or exacerbate our asthmatic attacks and other things that's how these things occur we have to understand them one at a time to know exactly what we are talking about under here. Now, when this happens, it leads to capillary leakages. It leads to um, local edema or swelling in the airway. Now, you sort of have that stuffy nose, that's itchy nose, the running eye, you sneezing, you coughing. Definitely, those are signs of rhinitis. You're going to have that. The client will have nasal congestion. The client will have purine discharge coming from the nasal uh, pass or, 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 or cavity. The client will have itching, watery eyes, sore throats, rare inflamed swollen nasal mucosa. The client will have low-grade fever. These are all symptoms or signs of rhinitis. Now, for the nursing con for the nursing intervention for rhinitis, the nurse has to encourage the client to drink enough fluid. When the client is having rhinitis, the client has to increase the level of their fluid intake. They have to increase their fluid intake at least or uh, up to um 2000 ml of fluid per day for the entire time the nurse has to encourage the client to do humidification because when you are having that in your nose your nose to become dried so you need to have humidifier to provide moisturization for your nasal cavity now these things are things that you have to like understand we talk about humidification what are those things we're talking about? we're talking about how do we humidify our airway even when we are at home we're not in the hospital we don't have a mechanical humidifier what what can we do these are things the end going to test about so when you are home and you do not have humidifier you're going to breathe in a steamy air after like uh, you open the sink and hot water run from the sink the the steam from the sink you, you inhale that steam the steam can help to what to humidify the nasal mucosa or the nasal passage. So the angler will ask you a client with rhinitis. The client, what would the client, what would the nurse teach a client now? In the teaching, these are these are just other methods we can use that are not pharmacological. They are not pharmacological methods that we use to what to try to humidify our nasal passage. Those are things we gotta learn and tell our client. What also promote um proper disposal of our tissues when we blow our nose that is uh some 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 cough etiquette you you cough in the in your elbow you don't cough in your palm because you shake other hands with your you shake other hand with your hand so you don't cough, you don't cough or sneeze in your palm you cover your mouth cover your elbow and you get this dispose of those tissues and other things you use adequately to prevent the transmission of the condition to other people these are things you must do to be on the safe side medication wise we give antihistamine medication wise the client will take antihistamine because this condition produces histamine reaction in our body so because histamines are produced from rhinitis so the client must take antihistamines so you all know the example of the antihistamines you go and look them up you have like uh, you have those drugs like uh, the pseudo, the 
the pseudo ephedrine you have the bromphenoramines uh, 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 those are all antihistamines they have all local ones that we can see every day we can use every day you have the leukotriene inhibitors leukotriene inhibitor leukotriene now why are why are we using leukotriene inhibitor because the leukotriene are like where blood cells uh, that will be produced you know i told you, I told you about i told you to, to, to look at these where blood cells the igg the iga the igm these are things that you, these are where blood cells that will be produced when we have other body other foreign things coming in our body now every every one of these ig M or this or uh, these immunoglobulins they call them immunoglobulins these immunoglobulins they have different function in our body sometimes when you have bacterial infection there are some that are produced in that case so we have to go ahead and look at them one at a time understand what are they being produced or when can they be produced to be on the safe side now so you are taking the leukotriene modifier because you need to take it to fight against the web blood cells that have been produced um, in the case of this condition. Now, also, you want you want to go about and look at all of all you you want to go about and look at uh, and look out for uh, like for mass cell stabilizer. The client will also need mass cell stabilizer, mass cells stabilizer as another group of drugs. The client would take when the client has rhinitis. Um, we also want to go out and look for the decongestant. Decongestant medications are also like you all hear about the, the, the medication chromolin. Chromolin is a mast cells uh, stabilizer. You gotta know about this drugs. Chromolin. How does it work? And other things. So you look for you look look up chromolin. Look up decongestants. Um, you want to look up all these medications that can help the client in this case. We have the we have the, the intranasal corticosteroid spray or the corticosteroids. So the client can also take corticos or uh, corticosteroids. Corticosteroids can also be administered. Example, most of the way the one I use as nasal spray. So this one is what we can use to 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 to. to to really be on the safe side, the corticosteroids. These are just the client will use. Um, in this case, the client can use antiparotic, the client can use antibiotic if it, if it has bacterial origin. If it has bacterial origin, the client can use um, the uh, 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 antibacterial medication. Now, I want you to go and look for me those immunoglobulins. They are important to know them one by one, rather and know them. IgA, IgM, IgG, IgE. The IgA is formed in the lining of our respiratory tract, and the GI tract. They are found around there, as well as in the saliva, in the tears, in the breast milk. So there, where they are found, for the IgM, they are found in the blood and in the lymph fluid. Look at them and read them one at a time to understand what you are looking for in there. It is important that we know these things by heart. We understand how they function. We understand how we look at them one at a time to, to know what we are doing under there. Um, look them up. Look them up and know their function. Know when they are produced, why they are producing now. But it's important. Now, then we look at sinusitis. Sinusitis. Our body, our face has sinuses. 
um, these areas, they are openings in the frontal view of our face. Um, they can become infected and get inflamed and create on each other for us and create problem for us at this at this order. That's when we call it sinusitis. It is often called renal sinusitis. Um, it is an inflammation of the mucous memory of one or more of our sinuses, usually at the maxillary or the frontal part of our face. There where they are, like around our nose. Joey can find the sinus, the sinus in front. I think there are five. There are five. One can get infected, or all five could get infected. Um, this condition often occurs after renitis. That's why they said sometimes renitis can be can co-occur. So, like when a client has renitis after renitis is is is, is healed, they can start to come down with some, with some, with some ascites. Um Also, uh, the client can also uh, this infection is 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 commonly caused by streptococcal pneumonia bacteria, hemophilus influenza, and other bacterials that can cause this condition. There are so many types of different bacteria. The client will have the same nasal congestion. The client will have the same headache. The client is going to have facial pains. That is the cardinal sign for why sometimes the client will have pains around the face, like around the nose area coming here. They will have pains in this area. That's when it's going to happen because of the sinusitis. So that's the cardinal difference between sinusitis and that of what we notice that pain in the facial or uh, in the frontal part of the face. Um, the client can also have cough. The client will have um, bloody or prudent nasal discharge. The client will feel pain when they palpate the forehead, the orbital area around the eyes. They will feel pain and the client can have facial areas that will be painful. And um, when the client tilt their head, their head fall like this. The pain gets worse. So the client will have this face, these facial pains, and it gets. So the condition can be confirmed using using a CT scan or you do a what a sinus X-ray. So the X-ray can show us that uh, the client is having a positive result of the sinus being infected. We can do endoscopic sinus or sinus cavity lavage or surgery to relieve the obstruction and promote drainage of, of secretion may be done because the sinuses in our face get they become obstructed they are like a they are crushed like how you see you know when you pick your nose those things you pick from your nose now they get uh, impacted into the sinuses and then that's when we're gonna have the facial pain and become infected by the bacteria that's what happened in in, uh, in there so the client also need to be encouraged to do steam inhalation now you will do steam you do steam inhalation in the case of uh, rhinitis and also in some in we can do sinus irrigation sometimes we use a nasal uh nasal um spray we use uh saline nasal spray we spray our sinuses. So it, it also helps to relieve uh, the stuffiness or the itchiness that is caused by these bacteria that, that have filled those spaces sometimes we use wet packs to relieve our sinus congestion for pain. Teach the client to increase fluid intake and rest. Discourage the client from air traveling, from swimming, or when the client is, or, or diving. Once the client is having this sinus, the client cannot air travel, they cannot dive, they cannot swim. Those, those things should be discouraged from the client. The client should be encouraged to cease tobacco use until the, until the condition is over. Tell the client that 
They claim to understand the techniques for the sinus irrigation and how to administer the self nasal the the saline nasal spray for this condition. This I think the client needs to understand before the client can do these things on their own. Um, also, the client will take nasal decongestants. Uh, the client will take um, broad spectrum antibiotics. The client will take uh, NSAID medication like uh, acetaminophen or aspirin for the pain that is caused that is being caused in the face by the by the sinusitis. Um, now, um, then we look at influenza. Now, influenza is also an acute respiratory disorder. Influenza, um, other influenza. Influenza. Now, under influenza, influenza is called the flu. Now, we had a question in the uh, in our group chat two days ago that we talk about influenza. A client who is uh, who is at risk for other conditions, when can they take their influenza shot? Now, we were shocked when the answer came up. Now we have to know that, that uh, this influenza is uh, is uh, an epidemic. Uh, it comes during fall and also in winter. That's when this condition comes. Uh, it comes in the fall and in the winter. It is highly contagious. The acute viral is contagious, and uh, it occurs in children and also it occurs in other of all age groups. Uh, this influenza can be caused by one or several virus families, uh, different kind of viral families. It could be caused by them. Um, this influenza is a viral infection. It can also appear among birds. You have the bird flu and you have um, other animal flu that can come, come out when, when the season is around. And it can be transmitted through direct contact or through airborne or drop, or sorry, through direct or, or, or droplet. Now, all this influenza, the child will have or the other gonna have severe headache with fever. The client will have muscle ache like myalgia. The client will have chills. They will have runny nose. They will have uh, itchy nose. They will have watery eyes. These are symptoms that come with what the influenza. Now we have to understand the symptoms for every condition. We have to understand the cardinal symptom for every condition. The cardinal symptoms are those symptoms that differentiate one condition from the other condition and that should be our paramount concern under here now with the client sometimes the client might have diarrhea and cough now diarrhea and cough are what differentiate this influenza from the avian flu the avian flu is, or, or the bird flu now the avian flu the client will have cough and diarrhea in the avian flu that's what the client will have in that case so um the client will have the avian flu so um in this case the client will do a test called the av advantage for the avian flu call it the av advantage test the client will do the av advantage test for the avian flu so remember this test well is a test that, that helps to diagnose the avian flu um the client will do the they call it the ah5n1 flu test in this case, you want to maintain droplet and contact precaution for the client because the client can have uh, the client it could be transmitted through, through direct contact or droplets. You want to make sure the client is hospitalized and uh, it, it is regarded as a pandemic. Provide the client with saline gargle. 
provide the client with also um, enough fuel to drink and take in and monitor the client intake and output. Make sure the client administered fluid therapy as prescribed and other respiratory status and other uh, 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 respiratory monitoring should be carried on. Um, the client can take antiretroviral medication like the amantadine. The client can take a drug called amantadine. Amantadine. Um, a drug the client would take. Look at this medication I written you on the book before. Amantadine. You have ramantadine. Another type is ramantadine. Ramentadine. The client would take ramentadine or the client would take amantadine. The client can also take the ribavirin, which are prescribed to prevent the influenza condition. The influenza virus condition has been shortened due to so much investment from the government on the influenza vaccine every year. Um, the last time in one of our lectures, we talked about these vaccines. We talked about um, the vaccine you take for pregnant women when you are pregnant for influenza. I listed everything and then just go back and look at them so you can have an idea on them. Now, um, we have the interpersonal care wherein the client, uh, we have the, the client should undergo some respiratory services. They should consult the, 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 the respiratory therapist. Community health officials are notified whenever there's a, there's a flu outbreak because it's a pandemic. They have to rush there and put it under control so that it can spread everywhere. Um, the state and federal government should be made aware of any flu outbreak in any community. You should encourage annual flu uh, flu vaccination. Um, you should reduce the risk of spreading viruses by thoroughly washing hands and following those cough etiquette. Avoid places where there are crowd in there. Or avoid close personal contact like handshaking, kissing, and hugging each other. Those are behaviors that will increase the spread of the of the disease condition. You want to be aware of public announcement and activation of early warning signs by public health officials in the case of there's a flu pandemic. These are things we we'll look out for. Um, in this case, pneumonia is a complication of also flu. So when you have, when, when a client has flu, the bacteria, the, sorry, the viral flu has the ability to, to accumulate fluid in the client's lungs. So in that case, the client can have pneumonia as a complication of what? Of influenza or flu. That's what happened another. So if the client has pneumonia, the client will be, the client will have anxiety, they will have fatigue, the client will have weakness. They will have chest discomfort due to cough. They will cough a lot. There will be fluid in their lungs and they cannot breathe. But they will have dipstone because the lungs, the lungs alveolar contain fluid that they cannot expel out. So that's why they will be coughing. And when they coughing, they can, their chest will sort of, sort of have chest pain and other things. They will have chest discomfort. They will have hypoxia is the most common symptoms or sound of pneumonia in older children. Hypoxia it is the number one because the lungs lobes contain fluid and once you have fluid in the lungs you cannot breathe in well or breathe out where you have shortening of breath that can lead to hypoxia in that case um the client will have confusion due to hypoxia for the client will have fever physical assessment they will have chill they will have that flush face they will have headache they will have diaphoresis they will have shortening of breath they will have tachypnea these are things the client is going to have when you do the chest percussion on pneumonia, you hear door sound on pneumonia. 
But you because the chest on the client has the moon the client will have what door sound will be heard on percussion of the chest now the client will also have pleuratic chest pains a sharp pain in a chest they will have that they will have a pleuratic chest pain the client will have productive cough sputum that will be yellow in 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 discoloration the client will have decreased o2 saturation due to the lungs having fluid in it the client is going to have purulent blood tint or rusted color sputum. When the cough, the cough will look so brown or like rustic color. That's due, due to the pneumonia. Um, so the client will do a lab test. We'll obtain a uh, 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 lab test. We'll do cultural sensitivity to know what antibiotic can be used to, to, to stop the spread or the progression of the pneumonia. We'll obtain specimen. We switch on the client now. The client, if the client cannot cough in pneumonia condition, they will use specimen. We use the switching machine and go in and what and switch on the client's sputum and put it in the cup to do the CNS with it, the cultural, the cultural sensitivity test. Um, the client will do complete blood count. Blood count. The CBC will be elevated. The client will do ABGs, which you're going to see hypoxemia in ABGs. The client will also go ahead and do uh, blood culture. The client will do serum electrolytes. Then we'll see dehydration in the client uh, fluid level the client can do chest x-ray we'll see that the, the x-ray will show some consolidation there will be solidification of density of long tissue the tissue will be like together you see the white space in there for the for the pneumonia the x-ray may not indicate pneumonia for a few days after the infection but at the end result it will show that the client is having pneumonia um, the chest x-ray is important to diagnose because is the the early signs of pneumonia are often vague in other adults they cannot know until the client do the chest x-ray um we do the client pore oximetry there will be low pore oximetry for pneumonia clients in this case the client will have these things occurring to them now for we, we want to try to, to position the client to maximize ventilation in the high follow position so the client who has this condition the client can assume a high follow position to enhance the client ventilation. The client will be at least 90 degree, which is high follow in 90 degree, high follow position for client who has pneumonia. Um, this client also would, would need O2 therapy. The client will also be encouraged to do deep breathing and the use of incentive spirometers. Now, I want you to go and look at this particular incentive spirometer you've been hearing it but i guess that you are not going to look at the incentive spirometer now this incentive spirometer is a drag and drop cushion in the end class and the angle love to bring it now look at this particular procedure and know how it is done how the client can put a mouth to the spirometer how the client can take breath if the client taking if the client taking in deeper what happened just look at this condition on youtube look at it on google and know exactly what it is this Particular this particular incentive uh, spiral meter. Now, you promote adequate nutrition and fluid intake. You want to provide rest period for the client who have dyspnea. And now, in this case, if it's pediatric client who having this condition, you want to cluster the client activities. I'm, I'm going to read this. It's important to know for pediatrics in this condition. You want to cluster. This is what we call cluster the client activities. Cluster client activities why because this client will be restless when the client is up so when you have a little time 
to do something for this client in terms of ADLs, you have to do everything together so that the client can have time to rest, so that the client can regain their energy. So the client is closer together to have more time for them to rest. In the case of this, uh, in the case of pneumonia, you want to administer antibiotics. You want to administer bronchodilators for the client who have bronchospasm and the client who have reduced irritation. The client can take short-acting beta antagonists such as abuterol and provide rapid relief. Now, understand these drugs under here: one, abuterol, abuterol, two, um, atrovent. Know what they are the same or not, and you have a uh, ventolin. Look at this medication very well and tell me why they are the same or not. If they are not the same, look at what makes it different and look at what are different between between them. You all look at um this medication. You all look at the client can take some other cholinergic antagonist medication like the uh, the apatropium, which can uh, provide the client relief. The client can take metazantines. The client can take metazantines. Uh, the client can take metazantine, metazantines. Look at our uh, theophylline, theophylline medications. These are just the client will take the relieve the client when the client having this con from congestion. Um, look at this medication. Monitor the serum level for this drug because theophylline is a, it has a therapeutic range. Look at drugs that have therapeutic ranges. Look out for theophylline. Look out for digoxin. Look out for vent uh, for uh, uh, vaporic acid. Look out for phenytoin. Those TCA medications, they all have therapeutic indexes. They are in the sunders. Go there and look at it and know them and let me be part of you for your endless. Um, you monitor the client for this level. A client, if the client has average effect, the client will have tachycardia, they will have nausea, and they will have diarrhea for the theophylline average effect. Watch for tremors and tachycardia for clients who are on uh, uh, who are taking the abuterol. Observe for dry mouth, which Client who taking cold agents or uh, sorry, client who taking cold antagonist. Now these drugs can cause dry mouth, so watch out for them. Like the apatropium, watch out for them when the client is on these medications. Also, monitor the client heart rate. The uh, the average effect for this medication, the apatropium, includes uh, you have the blood vision, you have palpitations, which can indicate toxicity of the medication. If the drugs cause its therapeutic effect or its therapeutic level, it becomes toxic. And when it becomes toxic, the client will have blood vision and the client will have palpitation. It means the client has hit his or her toxic level of the medication. Now, one drug causes its therapeutic level, it moving toward a toxic level. So that's why you check. Now, individuals who are who having this condition, they can also take um they can also take bronchodilators to reduce the bronchospasm and other, and other things occurring in their airway. So that we shall talk about. They can take anti-inflammatory medications uh, such as the corticosteroid or the fluticasone. They can take the, the prenicillone. They can take those medications. And uh, when they are on these drugs, you monitor for immunosuppression. Now, 
this drug, some of these drugs have have a particular side side effect. Like the corticosteroids, it, it, it create the client to have a lower immuno uh, compromise or, or the uh, immune system become lower. The strength of the immune system is not as rigid compared to when they're not on it. So when the client start taking this medication, as a nurse, you want to watch out for the client immunity to see why they're having any infection or other things. Remind the client to take the treatment to, that the treatment and recovery from pneumonia can take time. It takes longer time. Encourage the client to immunize against influenza and pneumonia and tell the client to stop smoking because these are things that can expose the client to having pneumonia or to have to have other complications that will lead to pneumonia. Um, pneumonia has another complication we call atelectasis. This is a word I always see, we always use it many at times. So there is a complication of pneumonia which we call atelectasis. Atelectasis. Now, this atelectasis, um, it is an inflammation and edema that will lead to the alveolar collapse and increase the risk of hypoxemia. In this case, um, the client will report shortness of breath. The client will exhibit findings of hypoxia. The client will have diminished or absent breath sounds over the affected lungs. The client x-ray will show that the client is having dense uh, tissues in the client lungs or on the client chest. The client will have bacteremia, sepsis will occur, the client will have bacteria increase in the client blood. They will have high WBC. The client will have acute respiratory distress syndrome. Where when the client, when the client has persistent hypoxia, that's what we call the acute respiratory distress syndrome. The client will have this particular uh, complication. Um, we we'll do a chest x-ray and we we'll see that the chest tissues are like grouped together blood gases to exchange of blood gases will be very high the client will have um hypercabia increased level of co2 accumulated in the client body these are things the client going to have when the client have this condition then we'll look at another acute condition called asthma now asthma is a big thing on the ankles but the asthma itself is not big what makes it big is the medication and how do we treat Asthma, asthmatic patients. When a patient has asthma, what can we tell them? What do we expect them to do as our patient under our care? That becomes my concern when I'm discussing asthmatic condition or asthma as a condition in message. Now, asthma, asthma is just an inflammatory disorder, but it's a chronic disorder. Now, asthma is a chronic disorder, a foreigner chronic disorder of the airway. Um, it is a chronic disorder of the airway uh, that results in intermittent and reversible airflow obstruction of the bronchioles. So the bronchioles become obstructed, that airflow becomes impaired or airflow is not going through. Now when that happens, the client will have poor perfusion and poor O2 saturation. This is what happen to asthma or uh, asthmatic patients. Asthma can be triggered by other inflammation or airway hyper-responsiveness to other environmental stimuli. Asthma can also occur at any ages. The cause of asthma is unknown, so it is idiopathic. The word unknown, when you say a condition is idiopathic, meaning the cause is unknown. We cannot, we don't know the cause, but they might, that they might. There are other factors that might predispose us to the condition. 
Like, take for example, there are other things like uh, like spray, perfume, uh, environmental stimulant, like pollen grains can exacerbate or can stimulate our asthmatic attack. Now, the symptoms of asthma include there will be mucosa edema, there will be bronchoconstriction, and there will be excessive mucus production. These are three cardinal signs of asthma. One, we have uh, excessive mucus production, excessive mucus production. That's one. Two, the client is going to have uh, what we call, uh, the client will have um, bronchoconstriction. They will have bronchoconstriction. The, the air will become narrow. Um, they will have that. And the client can also have what we call uh, the client can have mucosa edema. The air will become inflamed or become I'm sorry the, the, the air will become swollen up. Mucosa edema can occur with these conditions. Now, so that's why when this is happening, when your airway is becoming is becoming swollen or becoming edematous, you cannot breathe well because the air the airway is a hollow like a pipe. That allows air from inside to come out and air from outside to go in. So when that exchange of air is not smooth, it becomes problem to the cells. And when the cells are not exchanging gases well, our physical body will have the symptoms occurring. That's why you're gonna see somebody with asthma, they can't breathe well. Now, so that's what happened in the case of asthma. Now, if the client can smoke, promote the client to see smoking in asthma. Advise the client to use protective equipment like masks and other and ensure proper ventilation while working in environment in environment that contain carcinogens. I used to work I used to work, work with a lady at where is it at at Gerard Medical Center. This lady started wearing masks before even we started wearing masks in this country. So she always used to wear masks. Never one day I saw her mouth, I saw her nose. She always covered her mouth with masks. Since she started working in the hospital, and I, and I had to say she, was based, she, 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 she has been working there for more than 10 years, and she always wear masks. For the past 10 years, she's been wearing masks before even this viral came about. So um, I think she's from Cameroon. So I was like, oh, wow. I was like, there are people who are wearing masks, but even masks wearing became a faction in the world due to coronavirus. Now, but she has some airway, airway, airway condition. That's why she always wear masks. Now, you, 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 the client should avoid and recognize. Now, the client of asthma, the client of asthma, our priority is the client should be able to recognize the triggers for their asthma and the client should be able to avoid those triggers. If the client knows those things that will trigger their condition, the client should avoid it. So it is important that the client should know what triggers their condition and to be able to avoid the triggers for the condition. That is a very, a very, a very important point for Client of asthma, so such as the environmental factor like temperature, like humidity, air pollutants, like uh, odor, strong odor, the perfume, seasonal allergens, the grass, the trees, the pollen grain, the weeds, um, some per some perennial allergens like the molds, the feathers, dust, roaches, animal dander, uh, animal dander's uh, foods like uh, sulfate that food that contains sulfates. You have stress. Emotional distress, drugs that are like uh, the aspirins, the, 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 the NSAID drug can trigger asthmatic attack. Like someone who has asthma cannot take uh, 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 cannot take aspirin, they cannot take uh, 
uh, ibuprofens. They can't take those medications. They cannot take uh, beta blockers. They cannot take coordinating agents. Now, for your anklets, you have to know what these drugs are because the anchor will ask you. A client came down with asthma is, is, is being admitted. Which of the following treatment regimen that the nurse will question? A, they will give you the client lab result in one exhibit for the NCLEX. The next exhibit will give you a list of prescription medication. Which one, which one, which one will the nurse question? Now, among those drugs, sometimes they're going to put in one of these medications that cannot be served in client with asthma. Now, if you cannot open your clinical eyes, you're not going to pick up these things or, or these things adequately or correctly. These are things that these are things that are going to happen to you. Now, beta blockers, cholinergic medication, aspirins, NSAIDs are drugs the client must avoid. Let me put them down on the board so you can see them. You can have them. One, you have beta blockers. Uh, beta blockers. Two, you have cholinergic medication. Um, three, you have the NSAIDs medication. Um, you have like all the aspirin, the ibuprofen, these drugs. And uh, you also have drugs like uh, drugs like uh, uh, just like just the main drugs. So this drug, the client can't take down the client has asthmatic condition. Um, the client should avoid those chemicals like the detergent in the house for laundry. The client should avoid those uh, viral tract infection spray. The client should avoid them perfume with high with high odor or uh, in a strong or, or any strong scent that the client cannot withstand the client should not be stressed because stress can invoke the condition exacerbation maintain cardiac health perfusion well the client should be told to use hot water to wipe leaving the dust mites in the bed leaning so the client diagnosis is done through mild or uh, through different symptoms we have the mild intermittent symptoms we have the mild persistent symptoms, we have the moderate persistent symptoms, we have the severe persistent symptoms. Now, these conditions, if you read about them in the Sunders, it's going to give you a better, uh, not a better, let me not say a better, it's going to give you some version that we cannot catch here. That's why I ask you when you don't with, with, with the audio, take your Sunders book and rehearse the condition in the Sunders. The Sunders will bring you more nursing management for the anklets so you want to read listen to the audio i'm providing for you here and you go to the thunders and also listen to the audio in the thunders it helps to what build you up in every condition adequately now uh the client will have dyspnea chest pain and the client will have anxiety why the anxiety is coming about because you are not breathing once you cannot catch your breath what happens you become anxious you want to breathe you cannot breathe that's what happened in the, in the case of in the case of asthma your eyes will stress, you will cough as you want to breathe, you want to cough. Um, you have wishes heard on auscultation, you have mucus production, you have the use of the accessory muscles, you have nasal flaring for children, they're going to have the diaphragm, they cannot breathe from the lung, the diaphragm becomes painful because they are breathing using those accessory muscles to breathe. Now, they're going to have a prolonged exhalation compared to inhalation for asthma. It's important that you know this. In asthmatic condition, we're going to have a, a prolonged exhalation compared to inhalation. We'll have a longer time for putting out CO2 outside and taking O2 because our lungs 
will be somehow obstructed to take in enough gases, but will have a longer time to put out what we already have in our system. That's what happened in the case of asthma. Um, the client will also have a barrel chest with increased chest diameter because the client cannot release their breath correctly. They'll be like, they'll be having this fast breathing. They'll be having dyspnea. The client will have, um, so we want to so we want to obtain the history regarding the current and previous asthmatic attacks the client going to have. We want to look at the client medication that will release the symptoms. We want to look at the client uh, relief of the client's symptoms, the client's self-care methods and other things. We want to look at the client arterial blood gases. The, uh, the client will have hypoxemia. The client will have hypercarbia. The client will have hypercarbia in some cases. Um, we will do a sputum collection. We will do sputum analysis. And the client can do the PFT, the pulmonary function test, which we did on, on here the first day. They will do the PFT. The client can do the force vital capacity. The client will do other tests and other, thing, other tests and see to see exactly what the client, the client, the client levels. The client should be positioned in the maximum position of high follow, like around 90 degree, so the client can catch air from outside. The client should be placed near the window if the client is uh, if the client is near the window. But again, the client should not be placed where the grass is growing or they have those out those uh, those pollens from outside coming inside. Then it will just create more problems instead of helping the uh, helping the client. We okay, administer O2 as prescribed. We can monitor the client for any heart attack um, or any cardiac, any, any respiratory attack, which the client might have a regular breath sound, the client might have tachycardia, the client can have or uh, other PVC, other thing. We initiate and maintain IV access. We maintain a calm and, re and reassuring demeanor in the environment where the client is. We provide respiratory for the clients and we make sure the client is encouraged to take that medication and to prevent other infection through vaccination. The client should, um, should administer the drugs that are prescribed uh, appropriately, like the bronchodilator for the client, like uh, the short-acting beta agonist, like the abutural, which will provide a rapid release. Now, in the case of asthmatic condition, this drug, I want to understand this drug and know how to work for the client. Now, we have uh, like uh, the short-acting beta antagonist, the short acting beta antagonist short acting now example is the abitural abitural is a short acting beta beta antagonist abitural under here abitural um is a rapid medication so it arrests the condition rapidly it's very fast now know the one that i use to maintain the client condition or the one that can be used to arrest the client condition as exacerbation um, when you have uh, like rapid relief medication will be like the one, the beta acting, the short acting beta agonist, such as the abutural, they provide rapid symptom relief for acute condition and prevent exercise-induced asthma. These drugs provide a rapid release of the asthmatic attack and also prevent exercise-induced asthma for the short acting beta agonist. Abitural. Now, also we have drugs that we call the anti-cholinergic medication, the anti-cholinergics. Now, this medication, example, is the apratropium. The apratropium, um, tropium, it is, a, it is an anti-cholinergic medication. Um, now, these drugs also have a side effect that 
causes the air to get dry. So in that case, the client should be the client have a uh, uh, the client will go ahead and provide those uh, uh, those nursing management that will help them to keep the airway moist. Um, also, the client can take the metaxanthines, like I talked about the, the theophyllines, 400 metaxanthines. Theophyllines has a serious therapeutic problem. So that's why you always monitor the theophylline therapeutic level. Know it to your, know it to your fingertip. You also have the long-acting beta antagonist. Just I will have the short acting, we have the one, the long-acting beta uh, agonist. Now, the long-acting beta agonist, uh, this medication source at the Samitirol. Example is the Samitirol. The Samitirol is a long-acting beta agonist medication. These medications are primarily used for asthmatic attack prevention. So, we take them for asthmatic attack prevention. They are not rapidly acting. They act. They take a longer than to act in our system. The short acting are the one that act very rapidly. And they are there to what to 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 to, to put under control asthmatic attack. Now, the angler will ask you: the 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 client is prescribed samitirol as a long acting, and the client is and the, and, and, and the client is also prescribed uh also prescribed or abitirol as a short acting. Why is it that the client is the client is being the client is having the two prescription for the two medication at the same time? One is to curtail, one is to arrest a rapid exacerbation of the asthmatic attack, which is the short acting, which is the abitural, and the other one is to prevent uh, is, is to prevent asthmatic attack. So if the client is already on a short acting, they will take a long acting to prevent asthmatic attack along the client day when the client is performing the ADS. The short acting prevent the client from having what? exercise induced asthma so if the client is going to the gym they're going to jog they're going to run track they're going to do other play they're going to swim they will take the Y, the abitural which is the why it's a short acting agonist medication is also used to what to curtail exercise induced asthmatic conditions no this medication it's important you know them to your fingertip like how i'm saying because when it comes to anklets when you know it like this it becomes easier for you to answer it with ease now, for the abitural, you want to watch for tremors and tachycardia. For abitural, watch out for tremors and tachycardia for abiturals. For the um, for the uh, ipratropium, you want to observe for dry mouth. Why? Because it is an anticholinergic agent, and this anticholinergic agent they have cholinergic effect. That will cause dry mouth. That's why I want to wash out for dry mouth. Um, you want to look out for theophylline. For theophylline, you want to wash out the client for the why the therapeutic level for theophylline. It's important to know the therapeutic level for theophylline. Then you have um you monitor for the theophylline side effects, which include tachycardia, nausea, and diarrhea. For the ipratropium, advise the client to suck on hard candies. For this job, because it causes dry mouth, the client should suck on hard candy. They should chew sugarless gum, gum with all sugar. They should chew it for the hypertropium. Uh, also, in this case, for the samitirol, um, advise the client to use. The, the client should use. It should be used to prevent an asthmatic attack and not at the onset of asthma. 
At the answer of asthma, the client can take the Y, the arbitral. When the client is on the arbitral, it preventing, uh, it's stopping the asthmatic attack, then we can take the Y, the submitural as a long-term treatment to prevent asthmatic attack in further notice. Now, the client can take other drugs like uh, the anti-intermediary medication agents, such as um, corticosteroids. The client can take uh, this anti-intermediary agent, like I said, we have the corticosteroids, such as the fluticasone and the prenicillone. So they can also take the corticosteroids. The corticosteroids fall under the anti-intermediary agents. They take uh, another one is the corticosteroids. Corticosteroids. Example is the one, the prednisolone. Prednisolone is a corticosteroid. The client can also take the one, or they can also take the leukotriene antagonist. Leukotriene antagonist. Leukotriene antagonist. They can take this medication. As an example for these drugs, you have the, uh, you have the, the multilusca. The multilusca. The multilusca. Look at this drug also. Then the client can also take the wire, the mast cell stabilizer. Mast cell stabilizer. Mast cell stabilizer can be taken in this case. An example for this medication is what we call the chromolin. Chromolin is a drug that the ankler loves so much. Like the name chromolin. This beautiful name. The ankler loves it so much. Look at it. Then, we can, then the client can take the monoclonal antibodies. The monoclonal. The mono clonal antibodies are also administered. Example for this drugs is what we call the is uh, omal omalazuma is O M A L A Z U M A B. Look at these drugs and know that uh, know what they are, know their common things about know the common things about them. Then now uh, that's it. Watched for the client decrease immunity with this medication. What's like for the corticosteroid? The client will have decreased immunity. Look out for the client who the client who is having hyperglycemia because this drugs that the corticosteroid can 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 have false diabetes readings. Uh, it can increase. It can it has effect on the blood sugar. It will increase the blood sugar. Monitor the client throat for other like a uh, can or uh, canker sore. Uh, monitor anaphylaxis. For the monoclonal antibody, this just can cause anaphylactic problem. So, monitor the client for uh, anaphylaxis. You also want to like uh, encourage the client to drink enough fluid. Encourage the client to to, to take prednisolone with food. Advise the client to use this medication to prevent asthma, not for the onset of the asthma. Um, you want to encourage the client to avoid people who have respiratory infections. Remind the clients to use good mouth hygiene. Warn the client to not discontinue this medication abruptly. Um, the client can take other drugs, like uh, the client can combine bronchodilators and the anti-inflammatory drugs if the client has asthma. The client should watch of what we call status, status asthmaticus, which is a complication of asthma condition. It is a life-threatening airway obstruction that will occur in back-to-back -back episode of the airway being obstructed. The client cannot breathe. The client will have their hand place over the hair like this. That's the cardinal sign for status asthmaticus. Um, the client going to have wheezes. The client will have extreme wheezing. The client will have labored breathing. The client going to have the use of the accessories muscles. The client will have distended neck veins. The client will have 
or cardiac arrest or risk of cardiac respiratory arrest. In that case, when the client is having those symptoms, the nurse must prepare for intubation. Client who having that sort of asthma, the client cannot breathe. The nurse should prepare for what intubation. If the client ever goes goes into that condition, into that state of state of asthmaticus, the client got to be intubated to breathe. Now, if you administer IV fluids, oxygen, bronchodilators, we should create, uh, we should give the client epinephrine, uh, and we should and we initiate systemic steroid therapy when the client is having status asthmaticus. That's the treatment for why status asthmaticus. Any questions so far? Now let's. Now, the external the neck vein is not only for is is menacing in congestive heart failure. Now, but this is what happens, right? Our neck veins, the jugular or uh, that's jugular veins. These veins has uh, these veins have a direct link to our heart. Now, those are some of the biggest blood vessels on our in our body. Once our heart is not pumping well, the pressure from our heart. If it's not pumping well, it goes to the veins. So that's why when you have any now, you the heart and the lungs they work together because the 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 heart obtains O2 block from the lungs. Now, if the lung is not having adequate perfusion, the blood will not be powerful enough to be sent to the other part of the body, and that effect is felt in the client neck. That's why when the client has congestive heart failure, they will have this neck vein distended. When the client has chronic liver disease. That will backflow and affect the heart. The client will have this particular neck vein distended. If the client has chronic kidney disorder, that will affect the blood going forward. The blood will backflow. When the blood back backflow, the blood cannot be sent to the body parts adequately. It affects the heart tumors. And when the heart tumors are not working effectively or efficiently, it also affects those. Uh, it affects the neck vein. That's why in many secondary conditions or conditions that are secondary. That secondary to, to secondary condition, you have that jug, that jugular vein or neck vein distinct decision occurring in there. That's what happened in there. So in the case of asthmatic condition, also you're not breathing well. Once you're not breathing well, you're not having enough O2 going to the system. The body become compromised. The body become uh, uh, deprived from O2. And once the body is not getting enough O2, our cells cannot talk correctly. And if the cell cannot move around appropriately, the heart we have problem so our heart must beat faster so the fast heartbeat that is occurring is the body own mechanism to stop that particular less o2 in the body and that effect will be felt by the way by those veins that have direct contact to the heart one of those veins is the neck vein that's why you're going to have the neck vein distension there are so many reasons but those are just few of the reasons why you have neck vein distension now then we'll look at Chronic disorder of the respiratory system. We we'll look at the COPD, the chronic pulmonary obstructive disorder or disease condition, the COPD. Um, COPD is a big one in English. Um, so, under COPD is the chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, COPD. Now, the COPD encompasses two disease conditions. So when you get the word COPD, there are 
two conditions that cost me the COPD. One is the empire, is the one is the chronic bronchitis, and the other one is the emphysema. So you have one to be emphysema, the emphysema, and two you have the chronic bronchitis. So these two conditions, I joined the core chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. This the 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 the, the this the chronic bronchitis and that of the Y, the emphysema. Now emphysema is characterized by the loss of lungs elastic and hyperinflation. Now our lungs are in this field, like I drew it on the board yesterday. This is our lungs right here. Our lungs are like this. You have two lungs. You have the right and the left lungs. Now this is our lungs right. Now these lungs here, um, they should expand and contract with each breath cycle. When we breathe in, our lungs will expand. When we breathe out, our lungs contract. Now, what causes our lungs to contract and expand is what we call the elastic recall of the lungs or the surfactant. This surfactant in our lungs, they protect our lungs from collapse. Now, the elastic recall in our lungs will help to expand and Contract our lungs when we are bringing to carry on gastric exchange. Now, in the case of emphysema, the elasticity of our lungs become depleted. In emphysema, our lungs do not have elastic recoils. So, because the lungs are not having elastic recoils, the lungs become weak. Take, for example, if you had a hole on the balloon, it got a hole on the balloon. When you blow the balloon, what happened to the balloon? The balloon will not. It, it, it wouldn't expand as you put in breeze in into the balloon it still look what weak or you had like a you had like a floater for a swimming pool that has a leakage on it or you have like a a brief or an underclothes and or, or an only that you wear but the elastic in that on this is weak so what happened when you put it on your waist it does not hold you tight like before so that's what happened to our lung now when that happened to the lung when our lungs lose their elastic recoil our lungs cannot expand and contract adequately. Now, that failure of our lungs to expand or contract with our breathing is what we call emphysema. And that is one of the conditions that fall under the COPD, in short. Then we have the chronic bronchitis. In the chronic, in the chronic bronchitis, there is an inflammation of the bronchi. The bronchi becomes inflamed or the bronchioles due to the lungs being exposed to everything like for example like what happening now in california they are having that or uh, they are having the wildfire that has engulfed the whole of, uh, the whole sky become dark of due, due, due to the smoke but when you inhale those irritants for a long period of time it exposes you to having what bronchitis that's why i've been in this condition so so in bronchitis the client is exposed to irritant that will cause the client so um, that will cause the client to have infection of the bronchi. So when that happens, the client will have bronchitis. But it is chronic. That's what they call the chronic bronchitis. Now, this condition is affects mainly individuals of middle age and older adults. That's those are individuals it affects mainly. Uh, there are risk factors which include um, alpha one antitrypsin deficiency when the client does not have the alpha one antitrypsin or uh, 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 chemical in their body, they can get exposed to this condition. 
Uh, also, the client who is being exposed to air, pollute, air pollution, like I talk about California, they are at risk for developing why uh, uh, chronic COPD. The client who has been working in uh, cement factories, in those big companies that contains dust and other things that will affect the lungs in the long run, those are individuals will be exposed to this condition. Now, when you when you have chronic bronchitis or chronic COP, you have COPD, you're going to always have dyspnea. Client of COPD will always have dyspnea. Dyspnea is common with COPD. Dyspnea, the client will have uh, dyspnea when you have COPD. Now, the anklets, this, this particular symptom is always common in the case of COPD. But when you have an increasing dyspnea or decreasing dyspnea, it becomes... Uh, it becomes it becomes a point of interest. It becomes a point of concern for the anklets. So dyspnea, if a client has dyspnea in the anklet, that client we cannot worry about it because dyspnea comes with the condition. It is normal with COPD. But when you are having increasing dyspnea or you are having new onset of dyspnea in COPD, then it becomes a concern because it is new. It is a new onset. It is increasing. That becomes a changing vital sign. But in dyspnea itself. Dyspnea is not, it's very new, uh, it's very, it's, it's very normal with why COPD. The client with COPD will have uh, crackles and wheezes in the lungs. Remember this lungs, these lung sounds. The client will have adventitial lung sounds, wheezes and crackles in the lungs bilaterally when the client has uh, COPD. The client will use accessory muscle. The client will have barrel chest like in the case of asthma. The client will have thin extremities. The client will have... Uh, enlarged neck veins the client will, de will be dependent on uh, on it uh, on the client will have secondary the client will have edema that will be secondary to why right sided heart failure so you want to know the symptoms for left sided heart failure and the symptoms for right sided heart failure it comes in the anklet as slow that apply no symptom for right sided heart failure and left sided heart failure you want to also look at the uh, the client will have clubbing nails Clubbing finger nail or clubbing toes nail. The client will have pylor. The client will have side of, 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 of the nail bed. The client will have decreased O2 saturation. The client will have a range that will be less than 95%. The client, in other other or other client, the client will have dark color skin. The client will have poor O2 saturation. The client is having COPD. Um, we do the sputum test for the client. Sputum culture. There will be the very busy counts. Where blood cells. There will be acute respiratory infection. The client will have ABGs abnormal. They will have mean. They will have hypoxemia. They will have hypercarbia. Now, in the case of this COPD, now the client will have to do the serum electrolytes. Um, the client will do the pulmonary function test that we talked about on the first day of this particular top, the particular system. The client can do the chest X-ray. There will be a reveal hyperinflation of the of, of the alveolar of the airway or of the lungs. So the lungs alveola will be hyperinflated. Um, the client will have uh, some other problems along the way. The chest X, the client will do the pulp oximetry. The client will have a low chest oximetry level. Pulp oximetry level. The client will have a low pulse ox level. Um, I talk about the alpha antitrypsin level. Now the alpha antitrypsin. Remember this particular word for the anchor. The alpha antitrypsin is important for COPD. They call it alpha one. The alpha one antitrypsin. Now, 
the alpha one antitrypsin they call it the aat it is an enzyme this is an enzyme that is produced by the liver that helps regulate other enzyme which can break down pollutants now this is what happened right all these things we inhale in our daily life you inhale bass or dark smoke goes into your lung you smoke goes into your lung you, you smell bad odor perfume it goes into your lung. all these things are not good for our lungs now but the reason why we cannot come down with lungs condition because we have this particular alpha 1 antitrypsin now when we have this alpha 1 antitrypsin in our body uh, in our lungs it helps to break down air pollution that we inhale so until we can be deficient of the alpha 1 antitrypsin we will not come down with bronchitis or copd once our enzyme once our body cannot produce adequate alpha 1 antitrypsin that's when we start to have the symptoms of this lungs condition like copd so that's the function of this alpha 1 antitrypsin in our body um the client will do the client in this in this case you position the client in the side follow position at least above or uh, like at another degree you administer the breathing treatments and medications you administer the o2 as prescribed look at the client for skin breakdown and the client knows and mouth to be for the us with the o2 device promote adequate nutrition increase the client work for breathing and other things the client calorie intake um should be increased the client uh monitor the client weight and note changes uh look at the client abdominal the client will have diaphragmatic breathing the client will use the diaphragm to breathe because the lungs cannot expand or or, 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 or contract well the client can do a pulse lip breathing teach the client how to do pulse lip breathing the client who have copd can have two to four liters of, of air per minute of o2 or uh, the client can have you start with one as you go up you increase it up to the four liter per minute uh, look at the client pep -E uh the positive effectory pressure device look at look at it look at it for the client look at all the client marks the client with the c part the bar part the air tent the, the face tent the hood look at all those things that labeled on the board yesterday on on the copd that can be used for the client look at the client who is on incentive spirometers which i want you to go and look look up for uh, in this case the client can use it to monitor optimal lungs expansion so the client will take deep breath and the client will breathe into into the spirometer into the spirometer that's why i want to go and look at the incentive spirometer how the test is done it has a calibration on it when the client breathe in the air the um the mercury will go up now it tells us how strong the client is when the client breathes that the client lungs can be expanded that's why the test is done it, it, it is a test that we do to look at the client chest expansion so look at it and you answer the more for uh, I'm, I'm i'm talking about the incentive spirometer spirometer it is a device used to check the lungs expansion now look at it also um in this particular procedure show the client how to use the incentive spirometer ensure the client to keep a tight muff around the seal like this the client take deep breath and the client breathe through the muff piece the client or uh, inhale and hold the breath for at least three to five seconds where the client can breathe as the client inhale the needle on the spirometer will, will, will rise the the needle on the spirometer now it looks like this um it looks like uh it looks like almost it, it looks like this it's like a box the client put it in the mouth, they take deep breath, they wait for 
three to five minutes and they inhale and they blow that and they release the air in there so as they release the air it has um it has how do you call it it has uh what we call um uh it has a needle on it as the client putting air into the spiral the spiral meter the, the needle is rising so as it, as the needle rises upward it tells us how strong or what the strength the client has to expand along that's why it is done for to know the client lungs expansion strength so really only you know much about it uh the client can take bronchodilators as inhalers they'll take the same drugs for asthma they'll take the short acting the long acting they'll take the corticosteroid they'll take the leukotriene antagonist they'll take the mass cell stabilizer they'll take the monoclonal antibodies they'll take the mucolytic agents to expel out mucus from the client lungs um the client will do all procedure like i talked about yesterday the client will do the chest pt they will do the cough assist they will do um other 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 procedure in there to help to ex to expectorate uh the cough or mucus from the client lungs they do these procedures um this con condition the client can have what we call the core pulmonary as a complication in copd core pulmonary is also called the red-sided heart failure the client will have red-sided or uh, heart failure or uh, heart failure um or we call it the core pulmonary core pulmonary rest-sided rest heart failure now when you have a rest-sided heart failure there will be air trapping air will collapse and there is the alveolar becomes stiff it will lead to increased pulmonary pressure uh, in this case blood flow through the lungs tissue is difficult this will increase the workload of the lungs that will lead to enlargement of the that will lead to increased blood blood load it will increase wet low i mean i'm sorry so when you're having a rest of the heart it leads to increase wet low of the heart mainly the heart red side so in that case now these are things i want to understand right here when the client has now this this the heart the heart is in this format right now this the heart red side this the heart left side now this rest side of the heart it has a connection to what to systemic circulation systemic circulation now this is the heart left side it has a connection to our what to our lungs now let's see what happened with the symptoms now under here if the client has rest of the heart failure the client will have or uh, the client will have um edema of the body they will have distended neck veins they will have o2 low o2 saturation and they will have the lift will become cyanotic now these are things that will occur systemically so the symptoms i'm talking about when the client has rest of the heart failure the client will have systemic symptoms under here because the rest of the heart has a direct connection to the wire to the systemic to the system of our body now so in this case in this rest of the heart failure the client will show symptoms of the rest side of the heart failure with these systemic symptoms coming because blood will accumulate in the rest of the heart it will backflow so the client will have these systemic symptoms when the client have less other heart failure the client will have long symptoms the symptom of the client will be will be the lung will be affected because the, the blood will set in the left side of the heart 
it will backflow into our lung because our lungs are right here. These are our lungs right here. So these lungs here, they provide O2 for the blood coming into the wire, into the left of the heart. The blood in the left of the heart, they are very strong and they, they, they are like purple. They are very red and purple. Now the blood in the rest are dark red. Now the blood from here go to the left side. That's why when the client has a left side heart failure, the blood back flows into the, into the lungs. So the client will have symptoms of what? The client will have pulmonary symptoms in left side heart failure. In right side heart failure, the client will have systemic symptoms like I just named it. But look at them. You look at left and right side heart failure, you'll know a lot of things about it if you look at it on your own. Now, you monitor the client respiratory status and administer O2 therapy. Monitor the client heart rate and the heart rhythms. Administer drugs that are prescribed and administer IV fluids and diuretics to maintain fluid balance for the client who having the red-sided heart failure or the core pulmonary. Any questions so far?